Welcome everybody to the A-Game Podcast. I believe this is episode number four of the new season three. Hope you all are well. Coming at you live on a Sunday. This is probably going to release closer to a Monday because Spotify is having some issues. But, get a recap. A busy, busy week in sports. A lot to get to. College basketball on everybody's mind as the Final Four is now set in New Orleans April 2nd. So I'm going to start there. First, before I do start, as always, thank you guys so much for following. We are at 202 followers now on the Instagram, over 350 listens on the podcast on Spotify. We just continue to grow, continue to do what we love. Thank you guys so much for the support. I had a couple of questions about merch, about things like that. They're in the works. We just need a little more growth before we get those out. Big things on the way as well as far as interviews go. I can't speak on those just yet, but a lot going on. TikTok is starting to uh, get a lot easier as far as editing goes. So we're getting in the loop. Going to have a lot more free time. It's going to be great. So thank you guys so much for everything. But I'm going to start in college basketball. I'm going to start with the final four now. I'm going to recap the Elite Eight. I'm going to talk about everything that's gone on because it has simply been one of the best March Madnesses I've seen top to bottom. Upsets galore. And I thought we were going to see some more upsets in the Elite Eight, but it actually was the better team generally winning. On Saturday, we had Villanova versus Houston as the first game of the session. Villanova ended up winning this game by six points, and Jay Wright continues to show why he is the best coach in college basketball. Yes, you could say Coach K because of his pedigree, but I'm talking about right now, the best coach in college basketball is Mr. Jay Wright over at Villanova. He coaches those boys up. They use all 35 seconds of every shot clock. They play defense. They are a serious contender for this national championship when you break it all down. Samuels for Villanova had 16 and 10. Tons of shot fakes, getting to the line a lot. Didn't rely on the three ball, but it was effective anyway. Houston, known for their defense, not so much tonight. Yes, they did hold Villanova to 50, which was pretty impressive, but there was something missing. There was something missing in the water over there in Houston. And they're unfortunately now out of this tournament. A phenomenal run, simply, for Houston. A lot of people had them eliminated by UAB in the first round. A lot of people had them eliminated by Illinois. You know, just a lot of doubters all March Madness, and they proved everyone wrong. People were saying, oh, they're in a weak conference. They're not going to succeed at the next level, succeed in the big games. But it's simple. Yes, it's cliche, defense wins championships, but it is true. It is so true. And Houston, that's the reason they got here. But unfortunately, it didn't help against a way better coach Villanova team, simply just a better team in general. Villanova is headed to the Elite Eight. And then the nightcap, a lot of my friends went to this game, super cool, out at Chase Center, Duke in Arkansas, potentially Coach K's final game. That's what everyone's thinking. Arkansas is a great group of guys. An upset could potentially be on the horizon. That's what's every, that is what is in everyone's mind. But no, Duke dominated this game from start to finish. I answered a question a couple days ago on the podcast. Who is the best team left in the tournament? It is the Duke Blue Devils. They do everything right. They play defense. They have their star power with Paolo Boncaro, AJ Griffin. You have Keels. You have Wendell Moore. You have so many dudes that can score the basketball at a high rate. 
And not to mention, their main guard, Jeremy Roach, orchestrates the offense and does all the little things at a really high level. So Duke, they dominated this game from start to finish. Williams, surprisingly, a really underrated Duke athlete, had 12-12. and He was the focal point over there with the Devils. And then Williams for Arkansas, 19-10. and He's going to be a raw NBA prospect in a few years. Really like his potential, the way he attacks the rim after missed shots. Great offensive rebounder. He is special as well, but it was Duke's night. There's this whole thing, and I just want to highlight on it, the script the script idea in college basketball. I'm, I'm kind of falling for it too. The fact that Duke is making these big runs and it's Coach K's final year and, and all of this, but Coach K is not the entire reason why this Duke team is winning. They're a really talented group. I mean, obviously they're really talented, but I do get the script idea how they're going to be playing UNC, longtime rival in the elite, I mean, in the uh, Final Four. And it, it does seem a little sketchy. I'm going to just put that out there, a little sketchy. But at the end of the day, it's not like this Duke team's a fluke. It's not like this Duke team is, is bad and they're just they're getting there because of the refs or anything like that. But they're a great team. It's just I see where people are questioning, see where people are questioning. And then going on to that UNC, going into the Sunday action, we had uh, Miami play Kansas. Super close. I watched this whole game. Super close throughout, honestly. Really good game throughout. Um, At halftime, I believe Miami was up by six points. You were thinking this could potentially be an upset. This could be the last one seed of the tournament eliminated in the Elite Eight. But no, Kansas ended up winning this game. By 26 points after a 47-point second half. They outscored Miami in the second half by 32. Just went on an absolute route. Uh, Ajbaji, who is super, super good. He's going to be in the NBA one day and do really well there. Uh, 18-5-4. He was the best player on the floor. And then um, Magusti for Miami had 18. Miami, what a run as well. You know, weren't expected to do anything as a 10 seed, and they did. They did just that. Um Kansas was simply the better team tonight. Kansas and Villanova, that final four game, that's going to be probably the best game of the tournament. Um, I don't know. I mean, just both final four games are going to be so good. Um, If I were to predict a winner of that one, I would say Villanova just because of the coaching experience. We've been there before mentality, but it could go either way. Kansas is more talented. I do. I do think that, but, but it's Villanova. And, and and they're so well coached with Jay Wright. Gillespie orchestrates the offense, as I said before. Um, just a lot of good things going on over there at Villanova. So I would pick Villanova to beat Kansas in the Final Four. And then with the other Elite Eight matchup on Sunday, uh, just yesterday, it was North Carolina versus St. Peter's. Um, UNC dominated this game. Super unfortunate. Everybody wanted to see St. Peter's win this one. Um, they're the Cinderella story. America's team, as I like to call it. Um, it ran out tonight. The luck ran out tonight. Um, they just, they didn't play well. You know, the closeouts for UNC, a lot of the open threes that St. Peter's was getting earlier in the tournament, they did not get in this game. Um, great close closeouts throughout the game by UNC, really stifling um, on the defensive end. And yeah, they simply were just better tonight. Um, or last night, I should say. But St. Peter's, don't beat yourself up. It was absolutely phenomenal um, what you did this tournament. You know, as a 15 seed, never 
has there been a 15 seed that's made the Elite Eight and you just shocked the world? You did so many good things. You upset Purdue. You upset a lot of people went a lot of people's winners, including mine in Kentucky. And now you're out of the tournament. So if I were to give a prediction, I think their coach um, ends up signing with Seton Hall really close um, geographically. I mean, he's right there. So I think he'll move, um, move schools, and, and this run will live on in history, though, as, as one of the best ever. So congrats to them. And then as far as UNC goes, they've looked so good. All tournament. Armando Baycott this game had 20 points and 22 rebounds. Um, he's showing why he's one of the best players in the ACC. He's just dominating absolutely everything. Um, what a game. And then the leading score for, for St. Peter's was only 10 points. So um, they just got outplayed tonight. Now we will see. The longtime rival of Duke. This is where I brought up the script idea. This is where the script idea is going around the internet. The idea that it's going to be Duke versus UNC in the final four. You know, in, in Coach K's final run, going to maybe his final championship ever, he's got to go through his longtime rival. So many historic battles. UNC versus Duke is must must watch television. I don't care if it's the fifth game of the season or the final four. You're tuning in. And you're going to tune in again on April 2nd. If I were to give a prediction, I'd say Duke wins this game. I think it's going to be really close. Um, but you think the NCAA is going to let Duke lose in the Final Four? Absolutely not. Um, but it's going to be super close. I think UNC's got what it takes to beat them. But Duke's look like the best team left, and, and I don't see them losing this late in the tournament. So that's what I got as far as uh, the NCAA goes just such a phenomenal tournament so far. I feel like I've been more into it than ever before, which is hilarious because my bracket was absolutely horrendous. Um, only about 18% uh, correct, but a couple of my guys, my one of my friends, Carson, 98% right. You know, he's in like the top percentile in the country. Super good. My friend Jackson's got a good one. Uh, my friend Keeve's got a good one. So it wasn't impossible to get a good bracket this tournament, but just a lot of upsets and but so fun to watch. It's must-watch TV. So super proud of the tournament. Can't wait for the Final Four. Moving on, uh, I wanted to talk about the NBA because we are close to playoff hoops, and there's a lot to recap um, with this past week. We have the Celtics continuing to roll. They are now first seed in the Eastern Conference. They are the best team in basketball right now besides, obviously, your Phoenix Suns with 61 wins. That's just a whopping number, but... Some bad news on the Celtics department. Robert Williams towards meniscus. He's going to be out for several weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how they manage. I mean, the Time Lord's one of the best shot blockers in the league. Such a good presence um, there in the paint. So I don't know how, how they will do. I think they'll still uh, play really well. But, you know, if Williams can't be there for a little first round playoff action with how close the East is, they could get bounced. They really could get bounced in the first round. Um, these East playoffs are going to be the tightest we've seen in the past 10 years. You know, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we had LeBron in the East for so many years. He was really that guy. Um, and he would always make the finals of the Easter Conference finals. And it was always, we have to go through LeBron. Now this year it's, we got to go through each other and everyone has a chance. Um, I don't see one team that's better, so much better than the others. I think that the, the Bucks and the Sixers are, in another tier as far as potential goes to win a championship just because of the pure talent they have on both rosters. But I think anyone can upset anybody. 
So it's going to be super interesting going in. I also like the idea that the the Bulls could do something really big, but they also haven't beat good teams. You know, against playoff teams this year, they're 0-12. So that's definitely um, concerning for me. Kyrie Irving also last night made his home debut after escaping the vaccine mandate. New York took it away. He can now play in his home arena. A super good sign to see him back. You know, one of the most skilled players of all time. So just so fun to watch him play. He didn't play well last night. LaMelo and the Hornets ended up taking a big one against them, um, resulting in the Nets falling to the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. So right now they'd be in the play-in. It'd be a little sketchy, but obviously if Ben Simmons can somehow come back at this year during the playoffs, um, they are a title contender, And but they got a lot of work to do. Also, I was seeing some Zion footage. Um, he looks really good, even though he hasn't played uh, he looks really good. I don't like this whole idea that he's a bust. You have to remember, Joel Embiid didn't play his first two seasons. Now he is the most dominant big in the league. So um, there is that. Um, the Pel- Pelicans ended up coming back from 25 down against the Lakers last night. The Lakers are in poverty. Um, the Lakers are simply not good right now, and they, they have the hardest remaining schedule in the league. I don't think they're going to make the play-in tournament. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Um, with the schedule they have, I think the Spurs overtake them for that last playing spot. And I don't think they make it. I think they miss the playoffs completely, um, which would just show that stars don't win championships necessarily. You need a good group of guys. You need young guys. Um, they just had too many old guys, too many injuries, and it never came together. Russell Westbrook wasn't a good fit with their organization. They took a chance on him, paying him $44 million. Absolutely ridiculous. But, but yeah. So their season is most likely going to come to an end here pretty soon. Um, let's see. What else do I got? Uh, Raptors, they're hanging around there in the East. If the season ended today, they'd play the Bucks. I bet they'd get wrecked, but uh, but at least they can make the playoffs. Grizzlies look like unstoppable right now. They haven't had jaw for the last 18 games, and they're 16-2 and two in those 18. So they really can't be stopped. Um, if I were to give you a finals prediction right now, uh, it'd be tough. I'd go... I'd go Suns, Bucks again, you know, like a little rematch. I was super high on my Warriors, but um, I'm kind of retracting that statement now because of the fact that um, Wiseman's not going to be back. Steph's dealing with injuries. Um, they're not playing good defensively. I think they're still going to like make it past a couple rounds, probably get to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't see a championship on our horizon. But if everyone's healthy and they're playing good, I definitely could see that happening. But if I were to give a prediction right now, I'd go Suns Bucks just because of the pedigree, how dominant Giannis is in the playoffs. I don't trust Boston that much, even though they're the one seed. I can't fall into that trap completely yet. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out. So a lot of news in the NBA. Um, if you guys haven't been watching the NBA, this is the time of year to watch it. Um, so yeah, Really, really good sign there. Um, moving on to the NFL, really briefly, I wanted to talk Niners. Um, I heard the Niners aren't planning on releasing Jimmy Garoppolo. Super interesting. They essentially waited too long to trade him because now the the draft capital they get back won't be won't be a lot. A lot of teams have their quarterback in place already, where they don't need one. They don't need to trade for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Take on a massive contract. So the Niners don't want to just release him. So I'm thinking they start Trey Lance because I already heard Trey Lance will be the starter. Um, Jimmy will be in the wings just as a backup, and we'll just have a really, you know, good two quarterback tandem that 
that this is going to be talented. Uh, one thing I don't like the Niners did in um, free agency is they let DJ Jones walk. You know, they let Kwan Williams walk. They let a lot of these guys just leave that were big parts of the defense last year. So there's concerns there, but I had the same feeling the last offseason, and we replicated it with an NFC Championship appearance. So not too worried. Um, another big news in the NFL. I didn't recap this on the past podcast because it hadn't happened yet. Tyree Kill is headed to the Miami Dolphins for a load of picks. I believe five in total. Um, Tyree Kill, you know, top 10 receiver in the league. But a lot of that has to do with having Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, with him. That duo was so fun to watch. One of the best duos I've seen with my own two eyes watching the game of football. Um, you know, Mahomes just chucking it deep with Hill's speed was electric. And now he's not going to be able to be in the same system. He's going to be with Tua Tungavailoa, who I'm not high on at all. Doesn't throw the ball far. Pretty, He's an accurate QB, but that's like 10 yards down the field. So... I hope Tua has a great year. I don't really like the idea of of Tyreek with him and Jalen Waddle with him. It's going to be a lot of screenplays, a lot of RPOs for Tua. Um, they're going to try to minimize his um, his turnover rate. I know they also signed Teddy Bridgewater, who could honestly end up taking um, Tua's position. But I wish Tua the best. Um, I like what they did with their offensive line as well with Teron Armstead. That's a big move. He's a great tackle. Um, so I just hope that. They have a good year, but but I don't even know if they make the playoffs, honestly. Um, even with Tyree Kill and, and how good their offense is going to be, there's still enough holes where, you know, the AFC is so strong this year. You have the Browns, the Bengals, the Bills, um, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and there's just so many teams that, that are better than the Dolphins, in my opinion, that I just don't see them making the playoffs this year. But I like the Tyree Kill move, you know. I think the whole mentality, I talked about this previously, about F them picks, you know, like picks don't matter anymore because the Rams won a Super Bowl by just going all in. That works in certain cases. In this case, I didn't like it too much with the idea of Tyreek Hill and Tua because I think they just missed missed that Tua pick simply. I don't think it was a good draft pick because of how good Justin Herbert was and they passed on him. So, But I wish them the best and hopefully they can squeeze into the playoffs. But they're not beating the Bills anytime soon or winning the division. Um, but they, they could possibly sneak in the playoffs. And then we have the NFL draft just after that, um, just after free agency towards the end of April. I like the Malik Willis. Um, I like what he's been doing in his pro days. Such a good arm, mobile. He's going to go high. I bet you uh, the Panthers, I'm, I'm thinking the Panthers will grab him or the Falcons. Um, one of those teams that didn't end up trading for a big time QB will grab him. Then Kenny Pickett will, will fall somewhere around there. Um, I don't like Aiden Hutchinson going as high as he has been because of the fact that he was going against weaker tackles all season. And then you see him go against Georgia um, in the uh, semifinal and he got destroyed. He didn't have a good game at all. So I think Kayvon Thibodeau is definitely the better edge if you're trying to draft an edge. I think Evan Neal from Alabama is a great tackle if you want to tackle. Sauce Gardner, phenomenal corner. Um, if you want safeties, you're loaded. You got Notre Dame's guy. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, but this, this class is really underrated. And then the receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, um, just to name a few. So I think there's a lot of players in this draft that can fill teams needs. And I think looking back on this draft in a few years, we will be like, man, that was pretty damn underrated. So that's my take on that. But, um, yeah, 
fill your needs. And um, for GMs, I just wouldn't overthink anything because there's so many good players in this draft. I don't know if you can really miss too much. You really can't. So uh, it's going to be interesting coming uh, to the end of this month when we have the draft. And uh, the Baker Mayfield situation with Deshaun Watson now being a Cleveland Brown, as I talked about last week. Um, Stefanski wants the situation resolved soon. I think Baker wants it resolved soon. He felt that the team essentially gave up on him, similar to how the Falcons gave up on Matt Ryan and how Matt Ryan is now an Indianapolis Colt. I think Baker feels uh, the same, you know, and Baker, I don't think Baker's that good, but um, they did give up on him. And and it's kind of, it's not deserved, but when you have the chance to get Deshaun Watson, who's a top five QB in the NFL, I think you get that, you, you go for that. Um, so really interesting stuff. I would love Baker Mayfield to go to the Seahawks. I've been saying that for a while. Um, I think the fans would really like him there. And I think um, as part of a rebuild era, he would be a good fit to just get his confidence back and, and bring some swag um, to a gloomy state in Washington. I love Seattle though. So don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully that situation uh, gets resolved pretty quickly. Um, then the NHL, we got playoffs coming up. Penguins just put up 11 goals the other night. Um, the Avalanche just continue to roll. They're dominating um, absolutely everything. My Sharks, they suck, sadly, but it's all good. Panthers are, are at the top of the Eastern Conference. And like I said, the Avs, 46 wins. They're at the top of the West. So interesting stuff. Um, but that's basically all I got for those sports. Um, last thing, I just want to talk about uh, the women's NCAA uh, tournament. <clears throat> we got some uh, good stuff coming up. It's always it's always South Carolina and Stanford. You know, they're always in the final four. They're always the best teams. Um, I love I love the Stanford Cardinals. So it's really nice to see them winning. Um, South Carolina when they had Asia Wilson, they were super dominant. I don't follow uh, women's basketball too much, but I know enough that I can talk about it briefly. Um, yeah, so Stanford's in the final four. South Carolina's in the final four, um, and we got some good stuff coming up in the next few weeks and sports are going to be jam-packed because we have the MLB off season right now. There's not much more noise as far as free agency goes. Everything's kind of set in stone, except for the fact that Albert Pujols, the Cardinals legend is returning uh, for a $2.5 million deal. One year he can, he's going to be able to DH there now um, because of the fact that DH is in both leagues, national and American. Um, so super happy about that. That was a great thing to see. Uh, last night so super proud um of the MLB and how they've overcome this whole lockout thing I think they're doing a great job um you know I still am not a big fan of Manfred but uh we're getting through it so MLB opening day just around the corner starting April 7th you know what also is starting April 7th the Masters um the best tournament in golf Augusta National you know the deal so fun to watch so sports in the next couple weeks are going to be at its peak, honestly, um, some of the best sports going on with the the Final Four, for NCAA, MLB Opening Day, and the Masters. So, hope you guys tune in to as much stuff as you can. I'm gonna be in Hawaii next week, so I'm thinking about doing a live video podcast from Hawaii, doing something to just recap what's going on because I know there's gonna be a lot going on next week. Um, going on vacation for my nana's 80th birthday, so it's gonna be super fun. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in super action-packed podcast um just great overall hit about 23 minutes on the pod thank you guys so much for the support big things on the way and i truly mean it 
Um, hope you guys stay tuned. Continue to share the podcast. I uh, love you all, and I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next Sunday. Peace out, everyone.